When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Take a man podcast from Odyssey Sports. Slogan Paulson there. I am Craig Hoffman. You can come hang out with us on Sunday. Tap Sports Bar, MGM National Harbor, the Take Command pregame show. We start at 10 on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980. Streams live on YouTube, both stations as well and doors open to come hang out with us in person at 11 a.m and then logan uh we're back to fedex field i guess you've been yes. there recently i haven't been there since the buffalo game because the only other home game since the buffalo game was chicago oh. late night and i was like i am going home i remember because you had done your show um and yeah I've, like, been at, I've been at tap for a long time that yeah a lot, a lot of vibes at tap which is a great spot yeah. to be but i don't know yeah. if i want to be there for six hours so no, good good vibes at tap, but then then I was ready to to no more vibes at FedEx. And then, boy, was that a good decision considering yeah. how that game went. Uh, That's, certainly it's always tough. It's on, always uh, tough to be in the press box in those games because everyone is, you know, I, all the reporters and all the people covering the team are they're fans. They want to cover good football, and when you get up there, it's and it's not. You get going a little well. punchy. It gets a little punchy. That's exactly right. You're like, oh, yeah. I, I, I wish I could watch the game anywhere but in here right now because it's. <laughs> everyone's so bummed but uh, i don't know that going out in the stands would be much better i know if you want to go, go on a field trip just let me know hey you want to get out of here let's go <laughs> let's go in the 400s and see how the folks up there are doing <laughs> yeah i ended up just watching on the tv in the back there which is weird because you can hear the game going on but you're just watching yeah. it you just want to be left alone but yeah hopefully much better performance than that one so we'll that would speak. be That'd be good. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about how the defense can have a, a better performance, uh, certainly than that night, uh, but also uh, kind of keep going what they've had the last two games. Like they were okay against Atlanta. Yeah. Definitely got helped out by Desmond Ritter being Desmond Ritter. Um, and then against the Giants, they were they were pretty darn good. Um, a couple of big plays here and there, but largely very, very effective. And this has kind of been the Del Rio model. First five games, yikes, man. And then they start to round into form. Uh, and they're right on schedule in that regard. <laughs> Philly, different different challenges, though, than a banged-up New York Giants offense led by Tyrod Taylor. Uh, with that line, you got the best O-line in football. You got Jalen Hurts. You have A.J. Brown, who's got like 152 games straight of 125 uh, receiving yards. It's actually not wow. that many. But he's got like, I think it's A lot. six I think yeah. it's five or six straight games. He's of playing good football. 
yards. Devontae Smith always seems to come alive against these guys and have some big plays. Um, so, you know, how do the how, how do you try to 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 limit this offense and give yourself a shot? Yeah, so I think if you're a fan of this team and you're a fan of the defense, I, while the Giants game, I know people are really frustrated by. I took it in a more positive way from a defensive side of the football. And we you mentioned the explosive plays, which which cannot happen, obviously. But I do feel like watching it that there was a higher comfortability or the defense was more comfortable in certain coverage structures than they've been in a while. Instead of having guys kind of running open or not passing stuff off correctly, I felt like they found some coverage structures, kind of this two, two man, to match um, in conjunction with their traditional match stuff that felt a little bit more um, tight, a little bit more assignment sound. And so I would say if you just apply that same principle in conjunction with how well this defensive front always plays against the um, always plays against the Philadelphia Eagles, and by defensive front, I'm talking defensive line, Sweat, Chase, Payne, Allen, Ridge had a really good game last time they played, even though it was kind of a smaller sample size. They that group can stop the run if they're playing if they're, if they're if they're if they're playing at a high level and I think they will they always seem to kind of step up with that and so if the secondary is playing a little bit better you can eliminate some of those explosive plays which on paper and based on the past two weeks you'd say they probably can I know fans are saying Jalen Hyatt had two two explosive plays I take those as more of a positive, relatively speaking, to other explosive plays they've given up this year because St. Juice is in good relationship to the receiver. So you need a right. good throw. They weren't coverage busts. It's just right. like dudes made plays. Right. And and so, again, that's kind of how I take that. Even the one that he had that he gave up to Drake London where Drake London goes up and they kind of wrestle with it, he's in good relationship to the receiver. We're not having somebody bust on the field. Percy Butler, we talked about him, maybe not always perfect in terms of his angles and, and uh, landmarks to tackling, but I thought was much more consistent in terms of getting to where he was supposed to be in coverage structure, which if you're a fan, all good things because those things help eliminate big explosive plays to A.J. Brown. Now, is A.J. Brown going to get his? Yeah, for sure he's going to get his because he's A.J. Brown. But can you limit kind of the how dynamic those opportunities are? And I think that's what you're seeing from a coverage standpoint. Obviously, that is really heavily predicated on does the defensive line stop the run? Because I still think that's extremely, extremely important. When you look at them analytically, they have one of the high, they have the highest number of rush attempts in the NFL. They're third in terms of percentage. It's a big part of their identity. And I look at the Giants game or the Jets game, excuse me, that they had. And the Jets did a fantastic job of stopping the run, bringing pressure on third down. Because one of the things about Jalen Hurts that I think is often overlooked in terms of his evaluation is that he holds the football almost as long as anybody in the NFL. I think he's got like the third longest time to throw, something like that. Him and yeah, Sam Howell are, are very similar. So what they did is they said, we're, we're not going to rely on our front four to get home all the time. We're going to be a little bit more aggressive in terms of pressure which again exposes the back end. So I don't know if Jack's going to feel comfortable with that, but they brought some pressures, nothing crazy, just to force Jalen Hurts off the spot. He made some mistakes in that game, and obviously the Jets were able to capitalize. So I would kind of follow elements of that game plan. So I think there's a good roadmap. I think you've got some good things from a coverage standpoint you like, and I think the defensive front always plays well against this group. Can they create some of their own pressure would be one of my thoughts, but that's kind of my high-level thoughts on the defense. 
Yeah. Now you mentioned the back end. You mentioned the line. There's a there's a piece missing there, and that is a big question for this week. How do you think they handle the linebacker situation? Because Cody Barton was a DMP Wednesday. Um, definitely seems like he could miss the game on Sunday again. We record this on Thursday mornings, um, which allows us to talk about a lot of stuff. And this is kind of the one hole in our timing of this podcast because sure. we want to be able to get it out to people enough time to listen before the game. But the injury, the injury status um, is floating out there for Barton. And if he can't play, it kind of begs the question, like, do you just put David Mayo out there and pray for the best? Um, you saw some of him getting exposed in coverage last week, um, but also some other situations. And he, it got a little bit better. Do you put Jamin at the mic? Um, do you let throw a young guy like Dejon Harris out there? Like, Interesting, there, yeah. There's, you know, because Kalik is, is, is kind of in the mix rotationally, like, how do you handle that second level of the defense if Cody Barton? And by the way, who gets the dot? You just put it on. I, I my guess is they put it on Mayo and say like, "You're calling the defense. You're playing middle linebacker. Please be careful in coverage. Um, yeah. do, do the best you can, man." Um, and he'll go out there and try his hardest, and hopefully it's good enough. But I, there are options. How do you think they they handle it? Yeah, in terms of guys that have been kind of the most splashy and exciting, obviously Kalik and Jamin are those guys. And I think Jamin obviously had, he struggled last week. Um, we talked about the Tampa two throw for the touchdown. He's kind of in between a scrambling Tyrod Taylor and Saquon Barley, Bar, Bar, Barkley, geez, um, a situation that I don't want to find myself in ever. And obviously get lost in that situation. But I think overall he's having a very good year. Uh, can he be the Mike? I don't know if that's something you want to do. I'd like to get both those athletes on the field. And we talked about Mayo. And Mayo, uh, you know, obviously had some issues in coverage. That's kind of who he is. But also, he led the team in tackles. He he's a physical player, and he's a smart player. And so I don't want to diminish his role and his ability to execute at a at a serviceable level for this defense. Um, and against a team that runs the ball a lot, maybe you want a guy in there that's, that's excellent at stopping the run. That's um, a good point. I don't know. So it'd be interesting because I do think um, they do a lot in terms of attacking the perimeter. They attack the middle of the field. You got to, there, there's, there's pros and cons to both. So maybe in terms of athletes, guys that I'm just like, wow, those two dudes are amazing athletes. I want them on the field more. Kalik and Jamin. In terms of consistency, I think you go Mayo. And so ultimately, I think the answer probably resides somewhere in a combination of the three of them and finding the best situations for each of them to be successful. Um, because while Kalik is a tremendous athlete, there's times in coverage where he doesn't seem to be totally on the same page with the coverage structure, and that comes with experience and timing. So I like all three of those guys. Do they all have? They're all limited in some way. They're all excellent in some way. And just if I'm if I'm Jack, if I'm the defensive staff, it's about finding the best amalgamation of that because that's going to be a huge issue this week. Is is those guys and their ability to kind of play both contain Jalen Hurts. All of those things. So, um, well, we talked about the D line a lot. Talked about the secondary a lot. They're going to have a huge role in, in in this defense's success. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So, whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Yeah, um, you could also play all three. Um, you know, they played a little bit more base yeah. these last couple of weeks uh, since the injury to Derek Forrest. So where they, they haven't 
wanted to do as much of the three safety look. The result has been Kalik's been the other guy on the field playing that Sam linebacker spot. So that's another possibility as well. Um, you know, we'll see what they do. Quan's played pretty well, but extremely limited snaps. Um, you know, what kind of speed do you want on the field? There's there's all these questions that are tough to answer, and that's Jack's job. And when he gives his presser later today, uh, he's not going to answer any of those questions. <laughs> that's just how that goes. And nor should he, by the way. Uh, that's not a criticism. Nor should he uh, give the eagle. Hey, we're going to do this, and on third downs we'll do that. No, no, no that's not. That's not, not going to happen. Not good football. Um, one thing that is always important against the Eagles staying out of short yardage. Um, you, know, oh, you never want to be in short yardage against any team, but the brotherly shove, the tush push, which first of all, which one are you? I'm team brotherly shove. I mean, I, I team brotherly shove has got a little bit more poetry to it. Tush push is just fun. I think, you know, I, I like them both. I, I like the play. I like that. You've what a Logan answer. I know. I like that. You've found something that is 95% effective in the NFL. Like what? Other teams have tried it and they can't do it. So whatever no. you're coaching there, whatever, whatever, I love that. And people are like, Logan, you're so lame. I just like something in the NFL that is so dominant because very rarely do you find anything that is that effective. And so, um, but to your point, which is a great point, does and I want to ask Jack this, I want to ask Ron this, I want to ask everybody in the building, how do you call the game, the game differently knowing that that's in the bag? Like, right. what do you do? You do something because it's not different. just stay out of third and one. Like, you got to stay out of fourth and one. That's like, the thing. Yes, it, it is. They're in four down territory more than any other team. It is a definitively harder task to defend this offense because you truly like giving up eight yards in three downs is a, probably one too many. Yes, and I think that that's. Do you? One of the things about Jack is he's kind of got this bend but don't break philosophy, which I think he's been a little bit more aggressive to his credit. And you mentioned that Jack kind of finds his stride at week five or six of the season. And that's, I think a lot of people are very frustrated by that. But also credit to Jack that you are finding things that your defense can do. Because each year, it's so funny. Last year, they were, they were trying all these different coverage structures, didn't work. They found something that worked. This year, it seems like they're starting to find something that works, and I don't know why that takes so long. But yeah, good for it's him. A better late than never. But yeah, God, but, man, <laughs> you can't waste a quarter of the season. But having been a part of teams where the defense is bad and they're trying yeah. to find something, like when I was in Atlanta, the defense was struggling big time, and they couldn't find anything, and there was never a solution. It was one of the worst defenses in the NFL. So at least that you're you're kind of scratching all the boxes, you're changing how you're coaching, you're finding the right personnel good good job because it's t uh, being being part of teams like that it's very tough um and i know fans probably don't want to hear good job jack but you know kudos to jack where kudos are due we'll, um, we'll go with better late than never that's the yeah, official stance better, of the take man podcast <laughs> better late than never that's exactly right um yeah so i i just when i watch other teams i'm i'm trying to figure out if they're handling it differently because it is it, the second you're in third and one it's it's basically a first down because Third and one is now a shot down for them, which is crazy. So you can't even treat that like a regular third and one because they have fourth and one to go for it. So just that ability and then their ability to maintain these drives, 19 plays, 17 play drives is incredible. And uh, I, I think it's just a really fascinating kind of wrinkle to the NFL that no one else has been able to adopt. And I'd love to just get some coach's perspective on it, but obviously – they're going to kind of do what they do. What Jack does is his presser every day and be like, yeah, well, it's good, but you know, we'll figure something out or whatever he says. So, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's interesting hearing Jason 
Kelsey talk about it, uh, the man at the center of it all, literally, um, on his podcast on New Heights. And he's like, it's organized mass. And we mm-hmm. got we got mass and we know how to get it organized and push in the right direction. And so to me, the defense of it is like, you've got to organize your mass back the other way. Yeah. But it's so hard because it's it's not just mass, it's force. And like yeah. when you have Jalen who's as strong as he is and you have, they typically put like AJ Brown and Dallas Goddard, I think are the two guys that are typically pushing. Um, they're, they're the push Jalen's the tush. Um, and like those three on top of the O line is a ton of force moving forward. And they also know when they're going to go. And so to react quickly enough and get your mass organized, so to speak on the defensive side, it's just like, even if you put, Payne, Allen, Ridgeway, and like you have Jamin, and like you kind of almost go exactly their formation on the other side and try to push back. Like it's just, it's tough. Like I don't know yeah. what this, I don't know what it's funny because I don't know what the, the, the best defense is, but no one else can run it like the Eagles do. So it tells you that it's not really a schematic thing, it's an execution thing, and the Eagles yeah. are just better at executing it than everybody else. Well, it's interesting because there now there's a rule on the defensive side of the ball that you can't push defensive players. Remember how they used to do that for field goals all the time? They used to kind of do the stack where they'd um, oh yeah, they limit some of that stuff. So, yeah, so you can't do that. So there is a little bit of a rule imbalance there. And I think even if you were to say, hey, let's go, let's let's put a guy on Kelsey's right shoulder, a guy to Kelsey's left shoulder, and then two guys outside of them. The problem is, is they don't always run the tush push. They do like the little pitch play or whatever. So you still have to be defensively sound. It, so it is it's it's a really it's a really nice set piece for them and they do a great job with it but um yeah i do think it's gonna that that's gonna obviously play a huge role in the game it played a huge role in the miami game it got them a ton of first downs that you know they would have been off the field for so um what's jack's solution uh i would imagine it's going to change how he calls the game on first second and third down just to stay out of those situations and I, like we talked about, I do think the defense is progressing. It'll be interesting to see if they progress against a better team. Because the one thing about Philly's offense is, you know, they've kind of gotten away from running the ball. They still run the ball, but they're not as efficient as they were early in the season. But it yeah. doesn't really matter because they're going to st- they're going to keep running the football. And then they have AJ Brown, they have Devonte Smith, they have Dallas Goddard, they have Swift out of the backfield, and so they can beat you in all these different ways. And let's say you double team. Uh, AJ Brown, then you're going to have Devontae Smith in a one-on-one. Like, there's just so many ways this team can beat you. And right when you feel like the offense is starting to lull, when you're watching games of theirs, they they find they find somebody. It's Goddard for a screen for 20 yards, and you're like, oh, now they're in a rhythm, and then there they go. And so I think that's going to be the challenge this week. Is much like in the first game where they got that explosive explosive play to Devontae Smith, um, you know, right before the right before half that led to the field goal is yeah. how then do you kind of refocus yourself defensively because that's going to be the solution is throwing the ball. How do you kind of batten down the hatches and make sure we're in a good position to be successful? So that's why this is really compelling to me from a defensive standpoint because, yeah, you could be great for three quarters, but they're so explosive. They're so dynamic. It's, it's going to be this great chess match the whole time if if the commanders are going to be competitive and potentially win the game. Well, we got three more hours to talk about it on Sunday. Tap Sports Bar, MGM National Harbor, the Take Command pregame show. We will see you then and there. Of course, I've got some radio shows to do between now and then. Hope you'll join me on the Hoffman Show on the Team 984 to 7 weekdays. Uh, you can also watch all of that on YouTube at the Team 980 and the Take Command pregame show simulcast at 1067 The Fan as well. Uh, for Logan, I'm Craig. We'll see you Sunday. Uh, have a great rest of your week. And thanks for listening to Take Command.